Welcome to the 25th hour. Today we have a very special guest in uh, in the booth with us here. Um, this should be a hell of a good time. Today inside the studio we have Don Mastro. What's up, doing? buddy? What's going on? So um, let's dive right in. Uh, let's let the people know who is Don Mastro. What is what brought you to your notoriety? How did you how did you get here today? Well, let me tell you this. I got here specifically in the Jeep Grand Cherokee. I believe it's a 17, but I digress. Did you steal it off your lot? I did steal it off my lot. Don's a successful car dealer, by, uh, by the way. That, that's his side job, even though it's probably his main job. Eh, it could be debated, yes, definitely. That being said... Are you the master debater? I am. Uh, <laughs> Beyond master debater, I'm probably the <laughs> king debater. All right, good times. <laughs> I got a problem. Don't we all? <laughs> so, so what? Uh, what is your notoriety uh, level like? How how did this all come to be? My level of notoriety isn't fully at the villain arc yet. But that being said, I was born in Florida. All these years ago, we don't need to get into specifics. Mojito in hand. Uh, came up with the family up to Michigan a few years later. Messed around for a while, wound up going to local Catholic high school, going into college, decided to play a little football, transitioned to music. Hey, now I'm working with everybody, I'm working with people, doing things, making pilots, making music, and it's all been a blast. That's great, man. It sounds like you're kind of on the cusp of a lot of things. That's really cool. Uh, Don Mastro, that's, uh, it sounds right out of a, a, a movie or, or like a like a gangster movie or something like that. Is that your real name? Did you have parents that awesome? You know, I can't get into my real name because I don't know you that well. You might be a fed. But that being <laughs> said, Don Mastro is as legit of a name as you can get. Hey, it's uh, it's essentially calling Don Corleone, Don Corleone. Don Mastro, here I am. How you doing? Got to love it. Got to love it. So you're born in Florida. Um, you moved to Michigan. How old were you when you moved up here? I'd say about three Oh, wow. Little guy. Okay. I was a, a little guy. Yep, Still yep. a little guy. And, and Catholic high school. I did go to Catholic high school. Man, yeah, that, is, uh, that can go all different ways. What were the nuns like? Were they like the 1940s movies where their, their discipline tactics rivaled that of like Joe Jackson? Or were they, <laughs> they more like the Amazon uh, costumes for nuns that we all absolutely dream about? Well, I'll tell you this. The Catholic school, expecting nuns, we actually only have priests. But I will go one further. You talk about these sexy Amazon nuns. Hey, Amazon costume nuns. The priests, they weren't that bad either. I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and say that. But let me tell you, they also had some very fine women working at that um, high school, and they, they certainly knew that they were dealing with the all-boys crowd. Oh, all-boys oh. Catholic school, no less. Oh, the temptations, right? Very much so. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, you play baseball in high school? In high school, eh, I fiddle with it a little bit, mostly football and wrestling. Okay, so you're like Bo Jackson meets The Rock then? Uh, to a degree, you know, I can do the eyebrow stuff. <laughs> I don't know, I can't see myself right now, but I'm hoping I did. I don't think I did. I think I look like I was having a seizure of sorts. So you, you dabbled a little in baseball? Were you, were you a big fan? Did you ever want to be a baseball player? Oh, of course I wanted to be a baseball player. That's what I grew up knowing. Um, that was the first sport I ever played because... Growing up, I was a little bit of a nerd, but I figured that I might as well try and try something out, try and get my athletic bearings about me, try out baseball. What so, happened with baseball? Uh, you know, I got hit in the head a few times with the ball. 
pitching. I know, right? Not not even coming back at me from the batter's standpoint. I was warming up, and I'd be throwing. They're going around the horn. This is kids, by the way. I mean, this is why I took the hiatus. And I get drilled in the head when I'm warming up pitching. I'm just I'm throwing out my warm-up pitches. And they're going around the horn third to first, and I get slammed right in the head. Wow. But I will say... I did try again in college. We can get to that, or I can tell you about it now, whenever you want. Well, I mean, we're on it. What happened with baseball in college? We don't have to go too far off the subject, but <laughs> why, what, what was the baseball college story? So for those who don't know, I also played football in college. I was trying to be a dual-sport athlete, and I seemed to have pretty decent grades, pretty good, honestly. Uh, I was valuable to any sports team just for the fact of my grades. Most sports teams in college don't have you know, very great scholars. So raised their GPA. That's why I got an opportunity to try out for the baseball team. And uh, meeting with the coaches, we had a very great meeting. I mean, the conversation was just flowing. I thought I was hitting all the answers. And I was in my shithead phase in college. I was being a fun little guy. But um, end of the interview comes around, and lo and behold, I've been growing out of Coke nail just for fun. No other, no other circumstances, not actually doing it, just want a fashion statement. And the uh, end of the interview comes by, and the coach says, hey, what's that uh, on your pinky, by the way? I say, oh, that's, uh, that's to play guitar. I'm learning how to play guitar, and it helps me with the finger picking. Other coach says, you know, I used to be in a touring band, a very big touring band with guitar. That's not a real thing. So lo and behold, I didn't get the position on the baseball team. That was pretty much end of the conversation right there. So your joke nail ended your baseball career. Exactly, exactly. But hey, it was worth it. Politics. <laughs> Always. Um, but you, uh, you did maintain a good, uh, a good GPA in school? I'd say it was pretty, it was pretty high for someone who um, didn't take anything very seriously at all and was yeah. constantly walking around high on pot. Like, like low threes, middle threes? High, high threes. High threes, yeah. really? Magna cum lord. So, wow. Yeah, big comer. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody with that high of a GPA in college, I, I would assume. And, and what did you study? Psychology, I heard. I was a psych, yep, psych major. Psych major with well. a with a high three GPA. Mm -hmm. What are you doing here? I figured you should have like some sort of a rad job, like picking apart people's brains or something. I pick apart people's brains every day. I'm picking yours apart right now. Touche. <laughs> there you go. Um, where did you go to school at? Tiffin University. It's in Ohio, a little farm town, Dave Chappelle country. Uh, really, really nice spot just to let go and get drunk in the cornfields. So, uh, so football was uh, was your your thing in in college then? For the first two years, for yeah. the first two years, I was out there punting. Um, as you mentioned, Bo Jackson, he and I had a very similar physique. I can't speak as much to the Rock because I'm not on the juice. I mean, <laughs> you know, maybe in the past some D bowl something like that, but these days. Uh, I'm sorry, not these days. These days, I'd say I probably have the physique. Well, for those of you watching at home, I'd say I'm about 6'5", 250, so just imagine that. Um, and Kozl, you know, back me up on that. So, yeah, that's pretty accurate. Yeah, I'm a big guy. But uh, back then, punter, Bo Jackson physique, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> that's great. You completely lost the question, uh, as did I, which means we're, we're right on par for where we should be. Um, so how successful was your, your path in football? Uh, it, it was successful from an academic standpoint. Like I mentioned, it won me for my grades. I could kick the ball pretty decently. But uh, in regard to success, I think my biggest successes were being all GLIAC academic. 
Yeah. I mean, that's, that's well, I never read your, uh, I never read your name in the sports illustrated. So exactly. let's, let's go this way. How successful was your football career off the field? <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> There's gotta be parties for football, right? There's gotta be parties. And the funny thing is they're all well documented. I got this little thing called Goodwill punting back in the day. I used to always film, I would always be filming. I wasn't the star of it very often, but I was always behind the camera and I have my first two, uh, two years, four semesters, completely covered on film of, you know, us specialists, us kickers, you know, long snappers, punters, just getting hammered every day, going out partying. I mean, causing absolute chaos on campus. We weren't good. We go to the women's basketball games and chant start the buses at the opposing team. I mean, we would be, it's not good stuff. We, you know, drink, uh, what's, the, what's the one liquor, 182, something like that? I don't know that the, the highest... 151? 151, there it is, yeah. <laughs> get, get loaded on that. And but by your measuring scale, I guess 182 is probably accurate, right? <laughs> hey, I mean, I'll being 6'5 and 220? Two, two I'm a psych major. <laughs> we had to stop learning math after the first semester, you know, first year. You no room for that. Exactly. So uh, you, you took a turn towards music. Uh-huh. A um, lot, of, lot of genres under your belt. You got jazz, you got gospel, rock and roll, and even a hip-hop group. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How the hell did that happen? Where, where did this come from? A bass player, right? Bass player. Tell me this story. I'll tell you the story because, you know, football, it's funny. All right, I'll end it with the football story. We had this quarterback my sophomore year, uh, Joey Friendo, and he wanted to go start his own folk band out in Grand Rapids. Well, he's in Ohio, but he's going back to Grand Rapids starting his folk band. I quit the first year I was playing football and said, listen, guys, this just isn't for me anymore. They said, Dom, we really need you for your grades, and you're a really good team. You know, you pull the team together because you're just a funny guy. You're not the most talented, but you're a funny guy. Everyone likes you. I said, I understand that, but I'm going to have to go see what else is out there for me. Miss off-season workouts, miss all that training, all that difficult, strenuous activity, and then I come back to them and say, hey, I think I'll play another year. So I got to dodge all that stuff in the off-season, come back for another year, got Joey Friendo on the team, wanting to start his own band out in Grand Rapids, and he does. And uh, at that point, I'm messing around with bass. Every single day I'm coming back from football workouts, I'm all sweaty, I'm nasty, I'm gross. And I just, I don't even take a shower. I just walk right into my dorm and start playing bass. But I'm playing with my thumb. It's not the greatest stuff, but Joey calls me up. He says, hey, can you play bass on this? Go up to Grand Rapids one of these days, still as a football player, and I just love it. I'm in the studio with them, I'm recording, and it's just phenomenal. I know right then and there that that's what I want to do, that's where I want to be. So I go back to the football team. Second time in two years, I say, hey, guys, I think I'm out of here. I'm all done. I say, what do you mean? We, we went over this last year, and we had you back on here. I said, yeah, but, you know, this time I really think I found something I want to do more. So... Like I said, always practicing, always practicing. My first, my toes got dipped in with the watching for foxes kind of stuff. And I'm playing bass. Anybody who knows bass, you don't play with your thumb. You play with your fingers. But I'm playing with my thumb. I'm always practicing. And I think to myself, well, instead of playing football, I should audition for the music department. Go into the music department, end of the semester, my sophomore year, going into summer. And I try out for them playing a killer's song. I'm playing with my thumb. And anyone who knows the Killers, I mean, there's, you know, jazz bass. Like, blah, 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 blah. And then there's, like, Killers and other kinds of bands where it's just like, duh, 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 So I'm playing with my thumb, and I practically, I practically get laughed out of the place. Um, they're like, that's not how you play bass, and that's not really what we're looking for. I got so mad about that that I went home that summer, didn't put that bass down the entire time, learned the entire Led Zeppelin discography because John Paul Jones, one of the greatest bass players of all time. So... I'm learning that. I'm learning how to use my fingers properly. 
come back in the next year, start my junior year tryout. They're like, hey, that's phenomenal. We want you part of the music squad, all that. So your question was about the hip-hop group. The hip-hop group was the first group that I was included in at Tiffin for scholarship, and it was called Mode 3. We have a hilarious video um, from back in the day. I mean, <laughs> this kid comes to us. So the hip-hop group was part of Tiffin. That was a scholarship thing. This kid comes to us at the beginning of rehearsal one day says, I guess he had to know the kid because he was just a complete goof, complete goofball. But he comes in, he says, I was dreaming of this beat. We need to make this song. And so he starts composing this stuff. And, uh, and this is what we'll show you here in a second, just a little clip of it. But um, we put together this song, and the thing that always cracked me up the most about it was that the very first line that this kid says in a school-sanctioned, scholarshiped band, original song, I'm uh, Don, and then Seth was the guitar player. The first line he says is, when Don and Seth play strings, I'm stunned like a paraplegic. That was the very first line of that. That's probably the funniest track I've ever been a part that sounds, of. Sounds like some shit Eminem would say. If you saw this kid, you'd be thinking more like Kung Fu Panda. But, you know. <laughs> well, let's check that clip out. Let's uh, see how this goes. So that was that. Um, <laughs> so someone who's got this epic hip-hop bass career going, uh, you ended up in a gospel and a jazz position. What, what is that? Basically, once they found out that um, I was driven to play as well as I could and really just was insulted by not being respected, uh, they stuck me in everything they could. They completely utilized my bass abilities and stuck me in their gospel group, the jazz punk fusion group. And so those were all things I was part of over my last two years at Tiffin. Um, really fun, though. I mean, What did you tour with? I toured with the rap group, and I toured with the jazz punk fusion group because the way that the university would bring in students is touring around the Midwest and playing at local colleges and local, mostly local high schools and um, youth things to recruit mm -hmm. chill, uh, kids to come there. Um, but I also toured with my band at that time, On Top. Uh, we would always tour around Ohio and the Midwest and start gaining a pretty decent following. But, um, you know, at the culmination of graduation, uh, got two guys there that are lower underclassmen. I'm graduating, so unfortunately it doesn't all work out. But, hey, got to experience tour life multiple times over. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. So we we got a long ways to go here, but this might be the two most important questions in the whole interview here, and that is, there are parties associated with being a football player. Yes, there are parties associated with being a traveling musician. Uh huh. What's the difference? What's the difference between those two kinds of parties? Hmm. Um. Well, I would say that football players, at least the ones that I hung out with. We're not, uh, and, and this doesn't speak on my own behalf because you gotta understand, I mean, about 10 years prior, you can look at me, I mean, I used to get the Nick Jonas uh, <laughs> comparison all the time. 
But that being said, most of those football guys just wanted to power drink and play beer pong. And, you know, I got all the linemen there. I got all the people. And the specialists were the smooth ones. We were the ones that, you know. One time I walk into a party, and uh, I remember my kicker friend was laughing hysterically at me after I made the rounds, came back to him. He said, Dom, you just walked up to every single girl, hit on them, gave them a little kiss, and then walked up to the next one right next to them. And, like, how do you do that? I was cracking up because... I guess I didn't realize uh, the kind of monster maniac that I truly am, but he really put that into perspective. Which leads me to this. What is the difference between football groupies and music groupies? That's what everybody really wants to know. I think the music groupies are cooler. They got more taste and more uh, refined, you know, interests. That being said, football, um, you got the girls who want to wear your jersey, you got, you know, those, those kinds, but... For the most part, I would take music any day of the week because football. Everybody, you know, everybody plays football. Everybody's plays a college. You know, you're in a small, small school. Everybody's playing something. Everybody sure. thinks very highly of themselves. So maybe it was my personal. If I were the punter from Michigan, maybe I'd be having some different stories about the football parties. But they were wild nonetheless. <laughs> wild nonetheless. I'm picking up what you're putting down on that one. <laughs> um, so you graduated from Tiffin, mm-hmm. and you came back to Michigan. Um, and you started working on some businesses. Mm-hmm. What happened? Because it seemed like you, you had a bit of a career headed in music, and then you come home. Did you just abort your music path, or did you just fall into a safety net? What type of businesses did you get involved in when you first came home from college? So I always maintained the music. I mean, the music was always part of me, but it definitely wasn't as integral as it was now. It was integral to me in college, definitely faded, like you mentioned, and then has come back in recent years. Uh, when I came home, I had multiple job opportunities. One such opportunity was running a big business out in Detroit. It was a banquet hall. That was uh, more or less, you know, not very uh, sound when it came to legalities and things like that. But, hey, I'm just running that. I don't own the place. I don't have nothing to do with it, and the statute is over. So don't be coming at me about, you know, any of this <laughs> kind of stuff. But that being said, I mean, it, it, it was in the middle of Detroit. It was on Were you guys selling a lot of flour out the back door or something? Uh, we were selling, I mean, we were selling a lot of stuff. We were selling vehicles. <laughs> I mean, selling vehicles in the parking lot off Tyrone Shaper. At a banquet Shaper, hall. At a banquet hall, <laughs> doing whatever we can for the people. Um, it, was, it was certainly wacky. Certainly had my uh, life put into perspective a few times in that uh, in that situation, you know. Where, where, did you, uh, where did you go after the banquet hall fell apart? After the banquet hall, I uh, ran a flower shop for a little while. I've done that, actually. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun business. I yeah. mean, you can't beat it, but... I like to be creative. You know, you're making bouquets and stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah, you put this and that together, a little bit of baby's breath, a little bit of fern, and... Yeah, I, yeah, I spent some time in the freezer, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I don't know about the freezer, <laughs> but we worked at different stores, apparently. <laughs> um, and then... Began my own business with the dealership. Uh, started selling cars. You know, my father always sold cars, and just want to follow in his footsteps. Started a dealership, and thankfully that gave me the means to still pursue music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if anybody wants to go buy a car from Don, you can find him at Monster Motors dealership in Farmington Hills, Michigan. It's a wonderful spot. Wonderful uh, price points on all vehicles. I mean, got everything there. Everything you're looking for. Luxury to 
something very affordable. You got it. Wow, he didn't even say a piece of shit beater on car. He said very affordable. Exactly. Look at, he's a professional to... here. <laughs> I got to try, right? Um, so clearly you've, you've put your fingers in a lot of different businesses. I would assume you probably have a lot of different hobbies as well. Most people that are that multifaceted in, in their business ventures of life also dabble in a lot of extracurriculars. Um, you a big hobby guy? I love hobbies. Um, I have a bunch of hobbies, you know, uh, sports betting. A uh, big-time gambler. I took France in the World Cup. I took Jacksonville over the Chiefs last week. You know, just a real, uh, real serial loser when it comes to putting my money on sports. But, hey, it's fun to watch. Did really you pick the it. Mud Dogs over Red Bull U? I did pick the Mud, Bo- <laughs> mud Dogs over Red Bull U. Uh, Bobby <laughs> Boucher really came through. He, you know? He's a beast, isn't he? He is. He is. <laughs> he got that middle part and everything. Um, so uh, clearly you're obviously a movie guy because you knocked that one right out of the park. I served it up and you smoked it. Um, I don't have it, much of a life, yeah. That's awesome. I'm, I'm a movie guy too. <laughs> I, I swear I, I can almost respond to almost any life situation with like movie quotes and stuff. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a big movie quote guy. Hey, you guy. looking at me? Oh, Jesus. There you, you go. You looking at me? So De Niro you are, huh? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's you talking to me. But Scorsese gave me written permission to oh, did he? change it up. Yeah, he's my <laughs> uncle. Um, oh yeah, is that yeah. So? He, he funded my bris. Not even Jewish. <laughs> uh, any other hobbies you like? Let's see. Um, collecting Facebook bans. Got plenty of those. Not even politically <laughs> Facebook related. Facebook bans. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, sometimes you try and upload family pictures on there. You upload the wrong picture, and it's like, yeah, why are so many people uh, reporting this? I don't know. Stupid shit like that. Uh, what else? You know, oh, that I, I love, you mentioned I love movies. I do. I love all forms of media. Uh, Netflix, you. Oh, that's a great show. I can't say much about watching it, but I can say that uh, a lot of people have told me that I seem to have a lot of characteristics of the main character. I think that's a compliment. Probably not. No? No. Well, that's no. my hobby. I mean, unless you're, <clears throat> could, we, could we get a compliment out of that? He's very dedicated. He's dedicated. He's he, dedicated. He's very meticulous. Analytical. Very analytical. He's precise. <laughs> uh, he he plans out everything. He seldom makes a spontaneous move uh, maneuver. Oh, never. So yeah, I, I guess in a really fucked up dark way, <laughs> that is a compliment. Congratulations. Hey, I, I think that you'd be surprised. There's a, a very big uh, subgroup of women out there who seem to have heartthrob fantasies over Joe. Joe is. He's the guy, I guess. I mean, he's you know he's knocking them dead left and right, isn't he? That is the truth. With his charm, and <laughs> right, and his other hammer or whatever <laughs> it is. Um, so, uh, I, I heard somewhere that you're big on impressions. Can we, can we get some few. impressions you want from some you? Impressions? Let's get some impressions. All right. Uh, this is Medea. Okay. Hello. Um, <laughs> This is Keanu Reeves. Hello. <laughs> That's uh, really good. Barry Gibb. Hello. You know, stuff like that. Do you impersonate anybody with a better dialogue than just hello? A better, see, I think you're asking a little much now. Um, <laughs> well, hold on. I've been working on one. Um, hey, you cocksucking motherfucking piece of shit. Uh, you really got to fucking get out of here. Um, and so that would be like my impression of Mahatma Gandhi. 
<laughs> All right. Well, I guess that's a long version of hello. Um, <laughs> you're a pretty creative guy. Um, you seem to dabble in a lot of stuff, and, and your your creativity creativity level seems to be pretty high. Is that is that accurate? I think it's accurate. I'm very manic. I'm um, pretty much nonstop. I don't sleep very much, and uh, always working on something. Oh, like yeah. what? What do, what do you work on? Ah, oh, geez, put me on the spot here. Um, I have an awesome single coming out uh, January 31st. I also have another single coming out Valentine's Day of this year. Okay, so musically, you're working in music stuff? I am. I, okay. I, I'm fortunate enough to have my own little studio, so I'm able to put out a lot often. Um, Anything outside of music that you like to work on? Whether oh, it be, you know, uh, writing or building things or, you know... De- like all of the above, yeah. I'm currently managing an all-girl group, uh, rock group, pretty badass, called On Top. Um, I love to write. I write nonstop. I'm working with an individual right now on a pilot. Uh, really wacky stuff. Think Hardcore Pawn, but with motels. Um, I think, was Hardcore Pawn the one with Les Gold out of Detroit? Yes, it yeah. was. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, man, that, that's, that's some wacky stuff. And then uh, building, you know. Oh, that's another one of my hobbies, uh, unlicensed, you know, handyman services. Okay. I, I'll never get a license, all right? I'm not a Fed. I'm not up here with, you know, the government and all these things. I, I don't, I'm not into that kind of stuff. Let me work on your house. Let me install your electricity. Let me install your heating, cooling. I don't have any certifications, <laughs> but I'll do it. And it won't even be that cheap. I'm pretty much the same rate as everyone else. I mean, you know, <laughs> but hey, I'm a cool guy. You get the conversation. That's part of the fee. I mean, you got to get what you're paying for, right? Exactly. Yeah. Those pictures on Facebook, bring it in real life. Which leads me right into where I wanted to go next. I got to believe a guy like you has got some controversy in the closet. I always have controversy. I was, you know, almost kicked out of uh, my very prestigious all-Catholic high school for making a masturbation joke in front of, let's see, all the alumni, parents, faculty, priests, and student classes. That was absolutely phenomenal. Um, I probably would have threw you out, too, because masturbation is not a joke. Oh, no? It's a sport. It is a sport. You shouldn't make fun of it. (laughs) Don't make jokes out of that. That's a good time. No, it is a sport. I mean, shit. I walk out of the bathroom, people say, did you just see the whole Thanksgiving dinner by yourself, or is your forearm just popping out fucking veins left and right? I don't know if that made too much sense, but I'll stand by it. <laughs> Any other controversies to speak of? Always. Uh, college, I was always getting into stuff. I mean, I would have full-out uh, wars with the faculty. Not, not, not in a bad way, not the teachers. I respect the teachers, but the people always trying to jam me up, you know, saying you can't smoke pot in the dorms and you can't drink underage in the dorm because you're paying for it and you're not supposed to think the RA is coming in. That kind of shit. Why? You know? I'm paying you. I'm kind of your boss, Mandy, all right? <laughs> Mandy. It was Mandy. That's not even a – sorry, Mandy. I didn't mean to name drop you here, but you still probably have a copy of that email hanging up in your uh, office. I got off. You know I did. And then I got off after I got off. It happens. <laughs> all right. We're going to need to turn the page for a second here before we, before we fall off this cliff. Because then we're going to get into the illegal stuff. And then, <laughs> right. yeah, then. We don't need you to self-incriminate. So um, – uh, I heard you do a lot of wacky stuff. Uh, you've, you've told me that already. Um, 
right down to like glam makeup and oh, yeah. like facial hair designs and stuff oh, yeah. like that. Like you do glam makeup. I'm surprised you haven't seen the guy liner today. I noticed I it. Mean, I just uh, wasn't sure if I should mention oh, it or of not. Course. Always mention it. Always <laughs> mention it. Because the way I feel is you should always tell everybody everything that you're thinking all the time and hold nothing back. That being said, yeah, I got that guy liner on right now. <laughs> I have beautiful blue eyes, my mother tells me. Um, so this guy liner really pulls them out, but sometimes they say these beautiful blue eyes, they need some violet and some red and, you know, some crazy cool makeup, you know. The, the, uh, David Byrne didn't wear makeup, but the Bowies and the Princes, you know, that's, that's the kind of stuff that I like. That's all right. Androgyny and masculinity, that's what I'm all about. And space and dimensional travel. Oh, I'm always paying attention to stuff like that. I absolutely adore it. Uh, you know, the James Webb Telescope just pretty much took a big shit on uh, the Big Bang Theory recently. I'm not sure if you heard about that, but... I missed it. Yeah, they took pictures and they said, hey, long story short, uh, the Big Bang didn't happen like you think it did because we're looking way back in time. And guess what? Those galaxies aren't looking like we thought they would. They're looking just as fresh and just as beautiful as the ones up here at the front of the vortex. That means that it didn't age the way that we thought it would from a Big Bang. That's some fascinating stuff. Also, um, I love time traveling when I take shrooms, um, <laughs> you know. So whether we're talking James Webb or we're talking, you know, magic mushrooms, really at the end of the day, um, I got all bases covered. And I did time travel the other day. I, I, I took some shrooms, and I was thinking about uh, some times in the past, and I was there, bam. And I was like, dang, I don't remember my thrust being like this, but okay. <laughs> do, you, do you get into, into any local travels that are not in a different vortex? Like, you know, whether they be oh. here in the States, or maybe, you know, you've toured, so you have, like, some special spots across the country, or have you been abroad? You know, you got any, not that abroad, uh, the other abroad where you go to, like, foreign countries? Have you... You got any uh, any special places that you like to travel to? Uh, the most far away place that I've probably been to uh, any time recently was Puerto Rico. Okay. I got you know fam old family there, um, but love Manistee, love Grand Rapids, love Tiffin, love all those places like that. Uh, in regard to local travel, um, I'm a big Cure fan. Absolutely love the Cure kind of emo stuff. I love to visit graveyards. I love to just go sit in the graveyard and listen to 17 Seconds by the Cure, the whole album. It's good stuff. Um, yeah. Once made a pit stop detour on our way from here to, I don't even remember where the hell we were going, but we ended up stopping to visit Shannon Hoon at his really? cemetery grave in this little tiny town the size the of this table in uh, Indiana, I think. Indiana? Yeah, He's like the somewhere. town is literally like the size of my shoe. It's so little. And this little tiny cemetery of, it's like nothing. And literally you walk up and holy shit there shannon hoon's grave is pretty awesome you know i'd like so to keep my I, I cheeks dry that. today yeah yeah right yep. amen to that <laughs> right right yeah yeah it was really cool so I, I can dig that um we once renewed our vows my wife and i in a tucson cemetery at midnight really yeah really you got a uh, around the dusk rule uh, no, we snuck in after we already we got busted by the cops, almost got in a lot of trouble, and we left. And then after they drove away, we ran back in and did it anyways. Jesus, yeah. You watched them walk out, and then you said, "All right, we're going right back in." Uh -huh. I love that. Like we didn't come here to not do it. And, exactly. You know, it was our anniversary. We were running out of time. It's like we we're either doing it here, or we're doing it in the street. So that's beautiful. Yeah, it's good. Uh, there's no better place than a cemetery, in my opinion. Well, <laughs> maybe a forest, but other than that, you know, a magic forest, right? <laughs> They're all magic. If you're on the right thing. 
Um, what's life like at home? You're married, right? No, sir. No, 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 no kids. No kids. Nope. Um, yeah. Well, you know, I don't know. Uh, give me one of them ancestry tests, and maybe we'll pop up some around the country. We don't know about that. We don't need to talk about it. I brought it up on my own volition. I shouldn't have done that. That being said, I'm not taking an ancestry test. You can't have my DNA, Joe Biden, you know? I'm sure your DNA is all over anyways, right? (laughs) It's all over a lot of places. (laughs) I think it's all over the Flamingo Motel, too. (laughs) As is everyone else's. Uh, (laughs) Do you at least know if you have any pets? I do have two wonderful pets. I have Scuperto and Lil Polly. They're both black cats. They're both uh, my pride and joy, my babies. They absolutely saved my life uh, just because they're wonderful. I mean, they're awesome. I love them. They're gorgeous, gorgeous animals. Do they uh, get confused when you change your facial hair all the time? I think so, but nah, they, 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 know, um, they, know, they know my hand. Yeah, they, they know my scent. I think that they're fine. And not in a weird Shane Dawson kind of way. I don't know if you know Shane Dawson. He's some fucking weird YouTuber. And uh, he started his own little rumor that I think he busted a nut on his cat or something. That's not my definition of love towards animals. That's just probably not some guy who's waking, making way too much money on YouTube. More than likely, yeah. Um, do you have a favorite uh, favorite facial hair construction or style? I mean, I'm pretty gorgeous with all of them. I gotta be honest. With is that you. so? It is so. But that being said, I just rocked a really cool one. Um, sometimes I got a goatee. Sometimes I got mutton chops. I just rocked the goatee mutton chop combo. That was phenomenal. I mean, I just I got a little shave on each side after I had the beard, and that was just. I I went out in public like that for more than a week, and it was just phenomenal. I think that uh you know security cameras at grocery stores probably picked up on me a lot more. And people watched out for their surroundings a lot more. Because really, can you trust a guy with mutton chops and a goatee? They don't know me. I mean, they don't understand that as soon as I shave it off, here I am, an angel before you. But up until that, it's a little odd, I'd say. Just a little. Just a little bit. I mean, at least you know you're beautiful. Oh, thank you. I, I mean, that's what I heard anyways. That is what yeah. you heard. It is me. what I heard, yes, about ago. 30 seconds ago. <laughs> Correct. That's what I heard. <laughs> um, you have a, a favorite place to visit around here? Like, where, where, where do people find you when you're not at work or in the studio? Like, you're just like, you know what, I'm going to go drop into this place. It's my favorite spot to chill. Ah, gee, I, uh, I'm a member of the Italian-American club in Livonia. Um, always on some gangster shit, as always. Uh, what else? Let's see. Like I mentioned, the cemetery. Love cemeteries. Love Heinz Park. That, that's pretty much where I go. I, uh, I'm a very social guy. Like you mentioned, I, I do love to party and have a good time but that being said I gotta have my my weird time just to go check out the beautiful scenery and the beautiful hills around me that's all right man that's good stuff um you're Italian so clearly food is going to be important food is important to me Dago's and Polacks man we we have we've got the best menus do we not I'm a little Polack too all right good times yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's my two favorite menus is Polish and, and Italian food so I gotta bet you're you're probably pretty pretty stellar when it comes to knowing where to eat, knowing what to order. Uh, you got to be a food guy if you're Italian, right? Definite food guy, as you can tell by this physique. Um, just kidding. Here's the thing. I love food so much. I collect pictures of food. I mean, every okay. meal that I have, I take a picture of it, and I got to save it for safekeeping. Now, some people, they got their 30-gig folder of, you know, feet pics. Some people have their 30-gig folder of twerking vids. I got my 30-gig folder of food pics that I've taken of great meals I've had. 
Yeah, plus the 30 gigs of feet pics and twerk <laughs> vids and miscellaneous. Yeah, I got all that stuff. About, you know, a few terabytes. <laughs> we're not going to show those <laughs> clips. We're, we're going to move right away from those clips. Please don't show those. Um, you're a ghost guy, I heard. I do love ghosts. That's awesome. I, I believe in the paranormal as well. I think that there's something beyond what we know. Oh, yes. Uh, there, there's got to be another level. I mean, is it biblical? Is it, you know, twilight? Is it somewhere in between? Probably. Um, nobody really knows, but there's definitely something. Oh, 100%. I'd even uh, venture to speculate that it's dimensional. You know, we can't see further dimensions. Um, Interstellar does a real great job of illustrating this, but it's very possible that our own ghosts are uh, dimensional beings on a higher dimension. We can't perceive anything beyond our own three dimensions. That being said, I also got a crazy ghost video coming out. I've been working on it for months. It's about 30 seconds long. I don't know how I'm going to narrate it, but at the dealership, one of our motorcycles in the showroom fell over abruptly and randomly. Could it be a ghost? It might be. Could it be the carpet underneath it ripping and tearing from the kickstand? Probably not. It was probably the ghosts. Um, so keep an eye out for that. Like I said, about 30 seconds, been working on it for a few months, expecting a few more. So it just randomly fell? It just randomly fell over. Um, kind of like you? Oh, all the time. I'm always <laughs> falling. I mean... That's what I heard. Someone told me that you, you've got a problem with staying on your feet. Is that true? I do. I do. Uh, uh, one of my notoriously famous nature hikes that I was speaking about. Um, actually, first one was a few weeks ago, right before I met with the uh, gentleman who wanted to bring me on here. I was walking out the front door, and I twisted my ankle right on the sidewalk. But that being said, it wasn't a normal twist. I really think I gave it a hairline fracture because this sucker's still swollen, and it was weeks ago. Um, absolutely detrimental to my life. I mean, my life will not be the same after this fall. I will walk with a limp and a gimp my entire life because of this. And to reinforce that, when I went on a nice nature hike, uh, definitely fell again, got mud all over myself, and I awoke several moments later to the famous January rain falling on my face uh, as I laid in a ditch off the side of the trail wondering what had just happened, and I limped home. Um, now, that wasn't spectacular, but to be fair, I'm a sadist, so I didn't mind the pain. Um, that being said, really, and, and, and a funny story, if I may piggyback on that, when I did meet with the gentleman who wanted to do this podcast, uh, I had to conceal my limp because... You hear about these guys in athletics, you know, sports. Uh, Pedro Correa in the MLB, he had a twisted ankle, something like that. He never got clearance. He's not getting his 300 mil from the Mets. The Giants backed out. You know what that means? I need my 300 mil. I can't let anybody be seeing me with this gimp, with this absolute detriment to my physical ability. We may need to cleverly edit this segment from this podcast in case he's watching because I don't want to interfere with your contract. When you put it like that, that scares me. Good thing you're not playing football anymore. Oh, I took my fair share of abuse then, too. <laughs> I bet you did. Um, so your, uh, your, your dealership is doing well, right? It's doing all right. Tax yeah. season's coming up. Uh, you know, you, yeah, sell I know you need a vehicle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you sell a lot of stuff besides cars? In regard to, oh, um, I sell on Facebook Marketplace right now. I think I have about 20 uh, lights similar to these uh, commercial lights. 
listed, you know, affordable price. Uh, some 4XL clothing. I'm not a 4XL, but I found some clothing. Don't ask me about it. And it's for sale there. So, yeah, I sell, I'm, I'm kind of a jack of all trades when it comes to entrepreneurial spirit. I sell cars. I sell 4XL clothing. And I sell lights. Um, one time only for those ones. So. <laughs> <laughs> just just uh, everything must go clearance sale, blow it out, right? Oh, of course, of course. So um, you seem to have a lot going on in your life, um, but when it comes to like what keeps you the busiest, like with me, you know, hobby stuff at home, you know, or, or building guitars or whatever, you know, the wife's like, hey, I need you. And it's like, give me five minutes. And three hours later, it's mm-hmm. like, it's only been four minutes and it's been three hours. <laughs> what is your thing? What, what keeps you busy? I would say what keeps me busy is just the necessity to do everything myself. Um, whether it come, any of my music, any of my videos, any of that. Yeah, music uh, keeps you busy. Well, I edit everything. You know, the dealership keeps me busy, but uh, I'm I'm very uh, you know playing for a championship caliber team in high school and then moving on to college. One thing that always struck me, or I maintained, and especially with uh, if I may give my mother a shout out, her um, guidance to me always overcome adversity so in my mind adversity is just everything everything that's bullshit so I just try to do everything that I can you know I mean what keeps me busy is just living and going day to day with whatever projects because I know at the end of the day it's gonna be on me so nice what about music um what uh what are you doing like with production and and you said you're managing a band and Mm -hmm. you're doing recording you got your own studio like Mm -hmm. what's going on with that like very exclusive club you're not allowed in uh no one's allowed in um I'm just kidding a very select group. I've had too many horror stories, that's why. Uh, but I do work with plenty of individuals. Uh, one that comes to mind immediately is Jackson Stone. He's a phenomenal wrestler in one of these wrestling leagues. Um, I think an affiliate of the WWE, in fact, but we were messing around with his intro music and uh, put something phenomenal together for him. So uh, I like to work with whoever I can, whoever's creative. I'm not big on, you know, give me your money and all that kind of stuff. If you're creative and you want to make something, I'm down for it. I'm nice. always down for it. Nice. Um, do you have, like, inspirations when it comes to, like, your, your personal stuff as far as, like, writing or producing style or, or your own music that you like to make? You know, you said you got singles and albums coming out. Um, do you have inspirations of your own that, that set you out? I think in regard to inspirations, I have plenty in all sorts of different um, genres, mostly because... Like you mentioned, I tend to uh, traverse many different genres. I love to do disco. I love to do R&B. I love to do jazz. Um, some that come to mind are Talking Heads, Bowie, Prince, uh, New Habes, which not a lot of people know, but he was a uh, Japanese uh, producer, and you know he made his own music. He made beats and stuff, but absolutely phenomenal. I feel like when you enter the gates of heaven, his stuff is what's playing. It's just gorgeous. Um, Really just wacky out there stuff. I love the classics, the Led Zeppelins, the Beatles, you know. Yeah? You Beatles guy? I do love the Beatles, yeah. Abbey Road. According to Mia, it's Beatles or Elvis. So if you're a Beatles guy, <laughs> I can dig it. Like, I'm more of a Beatles guy than an Elvis guy. Who's your favorite Beatle? Ah, Who gee. Uh, they all brought something to the table. I think that that's the phenomenal aspect about the Beatles is that uh, each one of them, except for maybe Ringo, had a phenomenal uh, solo career. I mean, Ringo is your 16 and beautiful, and it don't come easy, but... George Harrison, With All Things Must Pass, absolutely phenomenal album. Paul McCartney, you got the Christmas song, you got uh, Silly Love Songs, all these different. But John Lennon is probably my favorite. That's a very controversial statement nowadays because everybody wants to cancel John Lennon about uh, the person he was 50 years ago. Hey, I'm not condoning it. I don't agree with any of it, but it's like going back and saying, uh, 
shoot, I don't really have a metaphor for that. You can't cancel uh, people 50 my, years later. I, I'm with you. Um, <clears throat> when I buy a piece of music, I usually buy it because I like how it sounds, uh-huh. not because I give a flying shit about what their favorite color is or the way that they treated their dog. You know, exactly. I mean, if you like a song, you like a song. That's why I own R. Kelly's entire discography. <laughs> exactly. You don't miss a beat, dude. <laughs> Thank you. Um, do you implement any of those inspirations into your writing or production style? I certainly try to. Um, <laughs> that's the thing about myself. In all aspects and walks of life, I uh, tend to consider myself a parody of myself. I don't take anything seriously. I think the stuff I make is fantastic, but that being said, I don't take any of it that seriously. Uh, I, I draw influences for everything from everywhere. Um, some of the licks I even use, you know, uh, I know that in one of my tracks, Star Lost, there's this little harmony in the background. Uh, and I just took the little keyboard line that Billy Preston played on a Don't Let Me Down on the Beatles' rooftop. And I was like, it'd be fun to sing that in the background of one of my tracks. And so there's little nods here and there. I definitely always include nods. That's good. That's cool. Um, you mentioned earlier that you're not big on, you know, taking people's money when it comes to making your music. As long as someone is creative and, you know, and wants to bring some creativity to the table, you're all about collabing with anybody. Do you have any desired collaborations? Like if you could, you know, jump in the studio and either get on a track or produce a track for somebody or, or sing or, or, you know, make music with like with anybody, like, is there, is there someone out there that you would be like, this is who I want to make music with? You know, I've tend to uh, think this for many years now, but I always have kind of a, I've yearned for some kind of um, notoriety when it comes to my music for one simple reason. A lot of people I would like to work with are individuals that uh, are older. You know, I'd like to, you know, the, I mentioned Talking Heads, Dave Byrne, like I would love to work with someone like that. Um, pretty much all my heroes, which are all, I listen to new relevant music, but a lot of my, the crux of what I make and the bread and butter is rooted in the classics, regardless of what genre, it's the classics. So if I were to dream of any collaboration, it would be of somebody that has achieved something and that is definitely older. Not anyone really new on the scene. I'm not, we were saying, oh, Doja Cat or Charlie XCX or, you know, Post Malone. Uh, it's cool. Obviously, I wouldn't sneeze an opportunity to work with someone like that, but if you're talking about dream collaborations, it would definitely be the people that made history. All the guys that laid the yeah, foundation exactly. and paved the way. I'm with you. I listen to the 60s stuff. Like, that's my, my prime music choice. You know, if I turn the radio on in my car, the first channel, the per, first preset is a 60s station. Of so course. I'm with you, man. Like, old Motown stuff. Is oh, yeah. Like, it's my heart and soul, you know, or beach music and, you know, street racing music and stuff like that. It's just, I'm with you. You like Sublime? Uh, meh. Meh. I was not, not not against Sublime. You know the hits are cool, but meh. I don't even consider that oldies because that was like <laughs> no, popular no, when no. I was in high school. So yeah. Well, they got that song STP Secret Tweaker Pad, and it's always it always cracks me up because you mentioned Motown, and uh, at the end of that song he says a uh, taste of honey is worse than none at all, and he oh, does yeah, that whole Smokey line. Robinson, it, yep. Of course, yeah. He, he throws it back a little nod right there. It's one of my favorite uh, favorite quotes ever. You know, I actually threw that at my wife yesterday she was talking about something with work and i literally dropped that quote on her and like yeah Smokey robinson said it um, that. yep for sure man that's uh to me that's the greatest um 
So you spend a lot of time in your studio? All the time, yeah. I spend countless I, hours. I can relate. I've been in a lot of music studios for many years. Um, there's always stories. Always. There's always memorable artists, both good and bad. Uh-huh. Give me one of each. Ah, geez. Uh, I, start with the good. Start with the good? Yeah. Give me something that, like... You came out of the studio with somebody, whether they were singing, playing, you know, guitar, whatever. <clears throat> you were with them. It was you, whatever. Like, something you're like, God damn, that was fucking epic. Like, what was that moment to you? Uh, that moment is, I, I always have a select few individuals. Um, like, for instance, I'll mention my buddy Cam plays keys. And um, one time we were just locked in. And I'm recording the 17-track album that's supposed to be out in March. And uh, I just I just hand stuff to the guy, and he just <laughs> he he doesn't have all the synths and stuff that I do, so I, I I have him play a little something on keys, and I put my synth effects on all that, and what comes out of that is just I'm very excited to show that one um, because just what came out of that was so unexpected, and just wound up being such a cool arpeggiation modulation. It was just the wackiest thing ever. That's just what comes to mind right now. I mean, I have plenty of people in there, but I think that what defines a good time is a good time when you're mm -hmm. enjoying your time. Um, so that means that, you know, I, I, I tend to have, <laughs> I don't enjoy everybody who comes into my studio. Um, yeah, flip so that coin. Yeah, I'll, I'll flip that coin. Um, I, I hate when people come and, uh, like I said, money's not important to me, but I've invited people just to see how we can collaborate and then been swamped with you know dozens of messages over the next day about like what I need to do for them and things like that without you know just working together no no paying no anything like that but just working together and then I get uh, these long messages one that comes to mind is a kid who wanted me to uh, create multiple tracks for a show that he was working on and I was stoked I'm like well shoot you got a show coming out I'd love to work on some tracks for it I, he gives me a two-week deadline. Within three days, I was completely done with the songs. I was like, I'm very excited for this. Let me send, uh, let me show them to your boss so we can get them all squared away. I said that to him probably about 10 times. Every single time I told him that, he gave me the runaround. Oh, send it to me first. I want to check them out. You know, I've been working in music for over a decade now. I, I, I <laughs> It was very much so a situation of... I, I could tell that I was led on in, to create something awesome to pass on to be stolen, essentially. And I'm like, I don't, I don't tend to agree with that uh, notion. All right, man. So um, you've got your fingertips on a lot of stuff, and you're typically a pretty busy guy, but there's always like a thing that can just escape somebody from reality and make you lose track of time like with me whether I'm I'm building guitars or I'm you know working on a car you know building an engine whether it's a, a real car or a toy car you know the wife's like hey I need you for something I'm like give me five minutes and you know sure enough three hours later I'm like what are you talking about it's only been three <laughs> minutes I still got two more minutes left of course, and, yeah. you know it's been two hours like what is that. your thing that like keeps you so busy that you get locked in and the world goes away what is that for you yeah you know I mean I'm busy with everything. That being said, uh, I just love creating. I mean, creating at any capacity, um, art, skits, writing, music, but really what what really grounds me is the music, I would yeah. say. I mean, any creative endeavor is just exactly what I love to sink my teeth into, but my bread and butter is always, at the end of the day, um, producing music, composing, compositions. Uh, that, that 
and being able to have my own studio, I mean, I just sit down there. And like you said, five minutes turns into three hours. And where did the time go? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you got inspirations that, that you like to get into? Uh, like, who's your who inspires you to either write or to perform, to produce, to uh, to make music? Like, who's your real inspirations with, <laughs> with music? Um, I'll, I'll tell you a quick little funny story uh, in regard to inspirations because it, it's unlikely. But I would say that my inspiration in the very beginning was this band called Blood on the Dance Floor. Very, oh, very, no. you know about them? <laughs> Keep going. Oh, the guy's a piece <laughs> of shit, that Davey Vanity, and their music sucks ass. The thing was, was that, uh, and I'm, I missed this when I was speaking about a buddy of mine played drums for him for five minutes. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, shit. He got in, played a few shows, wasn't ever really part of the band, just played with him for a minute. You know? <laughs> so he moved on to much better things. Yeah, he's thank a, God. That, that frontman's a certain type of individual. That Davi, being said, very yeah. much. Um, I heard their music and saw their fan base and saw their own Warped Tour and said, wow. If a band can do this and this guy can do this and actually have people that support this, I think I can, I definitely know I can do this too. So yeah, Blood on the Dance Floor 100% is my inspiration, not to any musical capacity or management capacity or image capacity or any capacity, just to the fact of they got me thinking, If they can wow. do it, why can't you? Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Fair enough, man. They do have a lot of crayons, don't they? <laughs> well, it depends on where they're sticking them. Yeah, well, we'll let the courts deal with that. <laughs> uh, what about real inspirations in terms of like music capacity, though? Like, who who t who swings your uh, your pendulum for you? I love, yeah, as you mentioned, I delve into all genres, so I have inspirations in all genres. You know, Talking Heads is one of those that I just absolutely adore because whether it's R and B or disco or rock, uh, they pretty much encapsulate all of it. Um, I love Bowie, Prince. Uh, you know, Rick James, all these, Daft Punk is wonderful, um, very outside the box. Uh, New Hobbies, not a lot of people knew, know about New Hobbies, but he was a, he passed away in 2012 or 13. He was a Japanese producer and made a lot of beats, and his stuff, I think, is what they play at the gates of heaven. Um, and then I have all your normal uh, influences, too, you know, Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, The Beatles, all these, you know, all these yeah. artists. More of a Beatles guy? You can't be an Elvis guy a Beatles guy, according to Mia Wallace. So, Beatles guy for you? Mia Wallace. Yeah. <laughs> Twist comp. I, right, right. I, I'm there, too. I'm, I'm more of a Beatles guy than an Elvis guy. I mean, I dig Elvis stuff, but I, I would be more of a Beatles guy myself. Who's your uh, Who's your favorite Beatle? Um, I, the fact of the matter is, is that as a group, they were phenomenal. Uh, Abbey Road, I loved what Peter Jackson put out with the uh, whole sessions, uh, their last sessions for, I think, the White Album and Abbey Road, but... Um, they all have such a phenomenal solo career. George with All Things Must Pass. Ringo do, didn't do too much, but he's still around, still kicking, still living. Um, Paul's awesome. But I would say John, you can't cancel him 50 years later. John Lennon is probably the best in my mind, uh, most creative, because his solo career was just so influential. He had hit after hit after hit. And it's just where Paul McCartney had the ability to come up with things with John it was just natural he was a natural musician yeah I, I gotta agree with you um, it, within the Beatles I, I think I typically I mean I, I like so much of their stuff but I think it typically would lean more towards the the John written stuff I'm sorry the Paul written stuff than the John written stuff but outside of the Beatles I thought Paul experimented way too much with way just 
beyond, and I just don't think it was as good. Where with John outside the Beatles, it just like you said, it was natural. Just everything fell into place. Exactly. I think he pretty much stayed where he knew he was the greatest, mm-hmm. and Paul was reaching for new things. And, and God bless to that and, too. And, you know, you know, a bit of ahead of his time maybe, or you know, just wanted to experiment something beyond the norm. So I mean, you you got to tip your hat to it. It just exactly. wasn't my wasn't my flavor Slurpee. You know, <laughs> um, if you could join anyone else's project, this is mm-hmm. not collabing with somebody or, or bringing someone in to jump on a track with you. If you could join the xyz band you know or team up with you know mc rapper and and the don like who who would you love to jump on their project you know wow hmm. if somebody um, said hey dude we got an open spot it's yours an open spot well i will definitely come back to that in one second i would say if i were able to encapsulate any kind of personality in the business uh rick rubin his ability to be able to uh, to produce on everybody's material. I mean, that would ideally be uh, just the most phenomenal way to contribute to music and collaborate. Uh, guy's a phenomenal producer, and really that is my bread and butter production and co- composition. That's uh, awesome. That's a great inspiration. Yeah. Oh, of course. He's, he's definitely, and then, you know, you get into um, different audio engineers, Butch Vig, and all these different names. Um, I, I do love that end of it. If, it. if we're talking about actually playing out and touring and um, making music with people, I would go back to the classics. I would say, you know, if anyone, because not everyone lives forever. I know there's plenty of bands that, you know, are older folks now that really laid the groundwork back in the day. Hey, I would gladly play for any of those kind of people. Even they had Eric Burden coming through with the, you know, he was in the Animals. Right, for sure. Um, that'd be cool to play bass on his stuff. There's a lot. Um, I'm the number one preset in my car on my radio is the 60s station. Love the 60s. So I'm totally with you. Like, I'm an old Motown guy, mm-hmm. you know, beach music, racing music. You know, they talk about cars and girls and a good time. And <laughs> I mean, it's just, for me, that's that's where my soul's at, you know. Of course, of um, course. Big Motown guy. Um, so that's really cool, man. You uh, you dropped Rick Rubin's name. I wasn't expecting that. That's really awesome. <laughs> You've seen Crush Groove, I hope, right? What's that? Crush Groove. Oh, are you kidding me? Really? It's a movie came out probably... 83 84 and it's literally about the rise of hip-hop and rap and r&b in that era it's based in new york um run dmc is in it new edition is in it the beastie boys are in it um uh, who uh what the hell's the dude's name with the jerry curl um lionel no the the rapper guy uh it's escaping not cool modi um But it, it's got all these like the fat boys are in it, uh-huh. like it, like Wipe everybody out, yeah. plays themselves in this movie, and it's about their their coming up, and huh. it, it's just like the raddest movie. But it's about Crush Groove Records, which is essentially um, uh, Rick Rubin, Rick Rubin's uh, record label out of NYU. Um, fuck, we're gonna have to cut some of this <laughs> out of there. What the fuck is their record label? Is it Rick James that you're thinking? Of? No, no. Um, it's a label owner or a musician? What the hell is the famous Rick Rubin record label that Run DMC was not on? Um, God damn it, it's escaping the shit out of me. Who's Run's know. brother? I don't know what his record label name is. Who the hell is Run's brother from Run DMC? Run, Rev Run, Run. And his brother is a fucking... Right. I gotta look this up. <laughs> We're gonna come back to this one. Because this is this is like really cool. Uh, 
Russell Simmons. Oh, Russell Simmons. Russell oh. Simmons and um, and Rick Rubin have a label, famous hip hop label, uh, Def Jam. Duh. Jesus. So essentially, <laughs> it's like a side. All right, so we're gonna come back to it. All right. So that's cool that you mentioned uh, Rick Rubin's name, man. That's really cool. Tell me, you've seen Crush Groove? I have. You've seen Crush Groove? That's <laughs> awesome, man. It's like such a great movie. You know, the the, the uprising of all these early hip-hop stars in the early 80s and stuff. You know, uh, Russell Simmons and, and Rick Rubin and the kind of the, the story of Def Jam Records, even though they didn't call it that in the movie. You know, it's, it's awesome. Like, God, I, just to see, like, New Edition and the Fat Boys and the Beastie Boys. And, and their prime, yeah. yeah, yeah like young young kids. Right, when they were kids, just blowing it up, man. It was so awesome. Like, that's so cool you mentioned Rick Rubin. <laughs> dude's, a, dude's a legend, man. He's a beast. Um, so if you could collab with anybody, mm-hmm. so now it's not jumping on someone's project and heading out on the road with Eric Burton. You know, it's someone comes to your studio and says, hey, man, let's do a track together, you and me. You know, or, you know, hey, I want you to produce a track for me. Like, who's your dream collaboration? Um, I, obviously, there could be, I could name drop a million different famous names. Really, it's anybody who's thirsty and uh, driven because I'll work with local talent as long as, you know, they have that talent and that drive and that uh, want. I mean, that's really, that's really where it comes down to me. I've met too many people who want to talk about it and not be about it. Uh, a lot of folks, I, I invite people to my studio all the time, and, you know, you'd be surprised at how many people say, music is my life, all I want to do is music, and then you say, all right, well, come on by anytime. Oh, well, I, you know, I, I don't know if I can make that happen. Um, did that answer it? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> do, you, um, do you have, a, 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 like, a writing process that you use when you write, or is it just kind of freestyle, like, when, when you're actually writing music, is it, you know... Like um, like Eminem, he's famous for like not assembling any song when he writes. He just writes rhymes and scatters them all over paper. And then when he's going to put a song together, he picks pieces and puts them together hmm. that way. Uh, do you have a, a particular process when you write? I'd say my process is uh, pretty manic, honestly. I mean, I just I just sit down at my computer and uh, either plug my guitar in or get on the keyboard and try and make a beat first. Even if I have a drummer coming through, I make a beat. I uh, write to that. I try and write, you know, a good hook. I try and write a good part for a verse, a good part for a chorus. And then once I have those together, I say, all right, what's the weirdest thing I can do as a bridge? Throw that in there and then write to that. But it's all a very manic process. I mean, I I come up with stuff nonstop. I'm sitting on so much material. Ideally, you know, even when you mention collaborations and uh, things of that nature, I would love to even just sell my songs, um, sell the lyrics, sell the music. I mean, Mm-hmm. I, I just I'm nonstop creating, but it's a it's a very manic process, and it's very, um, it just comes together. I mean, give me a couple hours, and I'll give you a couple songs. That's awesome, man. They always say the best songs write themselves. You know, if you spend a week writing a song, it's probably not going to go anywhere. <laughs> the the all the biggest hits you've ever heard, you know, for the most part, they 15 minutes is all it takes to write exactly. a four minute song. It's pretty impressive. Um, when they're that good, they just you know they just fall out of the sky. You know. Um, Someone who spends a lot of time in the studio, you got to have some memories. Oh, you got to have some stories. I, I've been in studios for many, many years. You know, watching the you know stuff happen. Give me one of each. Give me the, oh my God, that was pure heaven. Mm-hmm. And then give me the flip side. I think uh, the first time having my girl group in there. I mean, they were just such ballers, and uh, 
you know, I help him compose, you know, we compose things together and write together, but uh, just seeing that kind of, it, it's like having the bangles or uh, the go-go's in my studio. It's just absolutely phenomenal having a bunch of beautiful women uh, just rocking out. That's phenomenal. I got my buddy Cam, who's an absolute, I mean, he's, he's, he's like a, uh, he's Mozart on the keyboard. And I like to, I, I just, I love to record people and then do what I do after the fact, because uh, what people give me and what winds up coming out of it is just the most magical part of it all, I really think. Um, and of course, you know, Cam's always spilling beer all over my rugs and stuff like that. So uh, that that's that's good memories to me. But um, you mentioned you mentioned the Bengals, um, mm -hmm. and you have a girl group, and you you use that one to reference the other. Now, if you tell me one of those girls looks like Susanna Hoff, so I'm gonna be asking you to text me the address <laughs> to your studio. I'm just saying. Well, you know where my dealership is. All right, touche. You said that. Um, so give me the flip side of that coin. Give me the what the fuck. This was the worst studio moment i got a lot of weird people coming in my studio like i said i extend the offer um it's funny i extend the offer always for people to come in and uh create uh in my studio and the, it's funny the people i would really like to come in always seem to uh not have time i don't think it's anything personal they just aren't working on anything themselves and it really perplexes me because of the level of talent but that being said the people who do wind up coming in uh it can definitely be characters. I had this one group come in. Uh, these guys were, wanted to come in and record and jam out a little bit. Uh, they come in. They tell me they're going to come at a certain time. An hour passes. They're not there. They're saying, oh, we're pulling in right now. They pull in an hour late, come in. They're like, hey, do you have gear? We don't have any gear on us. We just want to jam. So I'm like, all right, I got plenty of gear. You can come down. Uh, we'll jam. We get there, start jamming, jam for about 30 minutes. And then the guys are like, all right, we got a party to go to. Mind you, this is in the middle of the day. And they're like, all right, we got a party to go to. We're going to head out. And then they just walk out, and I never heard from them again. It was just the most peculiar thing because, I mean, you just uh, across the board, it just didn't make sense. They just came in, spent this small amount of time, rushed out. But I, I have other you know, horror stories. I had this kid um, asking me to create some content for a show that he was doing, and he wanted me to write a few songs pertaining to the subject. Gave me a deadline of two weeks. I finished it in three days because I was so stoked to pitch it to his boss who's running the show. And uh, every single time I tried to contact him and say, hey, I have your material ready, uh, he's saying, oh, I'll get in contact with you. We'll, we'll figure something out. We'll figure something out. And then he started giving me the, well, why don't you send them to me and I can proofread your music, you know, uh, proof it. And all that. I'm over here thinking to myself, all right, I'm about to have my shit stolen from me. I don't think I'm going to do this. So that uh, just different people uh, always have a tendency to um can have a tendency to be really cool or have a tendency to be really odd the uh the music industry is full <laughs> of shady characters man that it's, it is uh, it is i didn't pass my stuff along I, good for you i just dropped the subject yeah, it, like, it, all right the industry is just the worst man it's it's so difficult um you got current projects going on like you you said that you you got this all-girl band that you're working mm -hmm. with and i heard you mention earlier that you got an album coming out soon like tell mm -hmm. me more about your current projects tell your people like what to look forward for, to from from don mastro wonderful yep i do have a, a couple musical projects coming on down uh on the 31st of january i have my pure xxx uh, single coming out it's two tracks it's got i think that they're really uh accessible as pop rock kind of tracks they're awesome uh, I have some phenomenal videos with uh, just really fun stuff um, that is dropping on the same day with them. 
And I have a Valentine's Day single coming out for all the lonely souls and all the loving souls out there. Uh, cute little thing. Just a lot of music and video-related content. Uh, beyond that, I mean, I have my artwork. I'm always putting out art pieces, always writing out little skits. Um, and we'll get my socials, but, you know, I'm always putting out stuff on my TikTok or Instagram, YouTube. Um, and it's always different across, you know, all the different mediums. Uh, I like to keep a good variety of what I put out there. Good for you. That sounds cool. What about the girls? How, how far along is that project? That project, so they're going to be putting out a single and a video with it. Um, that project is essentially just waiting on, you got to film the video, but, I mean, the bulk of it is done. This music is done. Um, the storyboarding is done. It's all ready to go. So I, I wouldn't put a very big uh, wait time on that one. I would say within the next couple months you'll be seeing some stuff from on top. Yeah, Yeah. when you're ready to drop that, maybe we'll bring them in here for something. It'd be wonderful. Sit down. It'd be really cool. Um, quick sidebar here. Uh you're gonna, I'm going to ask you about teaching base. Okay. And you said something in your in your uh, bio that you do lessons for free for certain people. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're going to go there. All right, so I'll, I'll let you say that part. Okay. okay. All right, back in. Just uh, just real quick here, we're, uh, we're at 19 minutes on the second round. Okay. All right. All right. <clears throat> uh, only had a couple left to go. We're almost done. So you've been playing bass for a long time now. Mm -hmm. um, you do lessons? I always, yeah, definitely do lessons. You teach? I do teach. Um, you know, like I said, I was laughed out. Uh, took it upon myself to learn the correct way. So whatever I can do to give back and uh, help, you know, people learn. Really, I, I do love to work with the youth um, because they're creative and they have, you know, the prospect of potentially getting there one day based off of music. So I, I do love to work with um, people in the community, uh, giving out bass lessons. Of course, also... Giving out, like, free? Oh, yeah. That's awesome, yeah. man. That's yep. super cool. It's, uh, you know, I love to do charity, you know. That, you know, Coney 2012 was a big thing of mine. I don't know if you remember Coney 2012, stopping the Ugandan warlord. Um, so all around the board, just love charity. That's uh, good. But, yes, on a serious note, um, you can contact me. I'm always looking for students and, yeah <laughs> that, that's great man uh future goals uh clearly you're you know you want to make it in in the music industry you know mm -hmm. you you got your hands in a lot of things you got a lot of irons in the fire uh anything outside of that um besides music you got any kind of future goals definitely anticipate to uh continue podcasting uh the music projects like you mentioned are always happening uh, I, i'd say when it comes to future goals that would be more in regard to writing, putting out more media like that. Like I mentioned, I have uh, some leads for some fun stuff coming in the future, maybe a couple pilots here and there. Uh, regarding football, regarding motel business, some funny stuff. Um, really just <laughs> trying to create as much as I can. Um, if we're talking long, long-term goals, yeah, we'd love yeah. to... Uh, maybe be a part of the SNL one day at some capacity. Yeah. I, I absolutely adore that. I can that. see you doing comedy. Hey, whether it's a host or just a musical act, I would I would definitely jump at the chance. I love improv comedy. Uh, not that it's really that much of improv anymore, but I got a lot of cue cards. But it, it's it's good stuff, and that's sure. definitely my bread and butter. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we're going to sum it up with this one here. This is going to be... The last one here, and, and, and I'm really curious on how this is going to get answered. This is kind of important to me. Uh, 
somebody who has the success that you have, your your dealership is is really kicking ass. So you're kind of modest on it earlier, but you're you're really kicking a lot of ass with your dealership, and that's awesome. Um, you really have a future there. You've got a, a solid career. You know little bit of financial freedom you know you you can kind of do a lot of fun things and and you could build that huge if you wanted to and be incredibly successful you've got the tools you've already got the groundwork laid down you know you got the know-how how to do it why would someone who's got that solid of a path really want to go this other way with music and and abort that safety net what makes you drive that way you know, um, I got my degree in psychology, never became a uh, psychiatrist. I have the, the dealership, very successful, like you mentioned. But at the end of the day, I'm a nut, I'm crazy, and really, you can't stop your passions. I mean, that, that's really what it comes down to. So I'll always be a professional, business professional, but at the end of the day, I'm not going to try and conceal who I am. And, uh, you know, that can be the glam makeup and the music and all. It's a whole package. It's, I, I probably sound very frantic when I talk about all my projects and ideas, but uh, I, I always get things done. And I think that's why I believe in myself with this, because whether a million people buy my record or one person does, I'm always creating just to create. It's just a passion. It's just what I love. You know, I could have 10 million in the bank. It still wouldn't change a thing. It, it just wouldn't change a thing. It's done out of love it's done out of what's happening in my brain i can't stop these things you know they just come out of me and and that's really what it comes down to i mean uh it, it is me the the reason is is because it's me you know that's the best reason man you gotta <laughs> gotta respect that you know you've got such a solid path on one thing and then you you're just balls to the wall on the most difficult industry in the world to be successful in. It's oh, yeah. proven the music industry sucks. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely terrible. And, and it doesn't matter because when you're chasing your dream, nobody gives a shit. It's, it's all about that. And, and you got to love that, man. I, I feel that I respect that a lot. Thank you. And, and you know, to anybody out there watching, uh, that's the thing about me is like, like Kaz just mentioned, like I mentioned, whether one person buys my thing, whether a million people buy it, I'm always going to be making things. So if you enjoy anything that I make, you don't have to worry about me ever not doing that. I mean, it's, it's, it's just, it's an extension of who I am. That's awesome, man. Well, Don, I got to tell you, it's been a pleasure having you on it's here. Been wonderful. Uh, wasn't sure what I was getting into when, when I heard you coming on and, and I read a little bit on your background. I'm like, oh my God, what am I getting into? But uh, <laughs> it's been a riot. It's been a good time, man. I really appreciate you and, and wish you all the best and, and get those girls by here. We'll bring them on too. I'll, I'll be sure to get that. I, I have a few characters I'd like to uh, potentially bring by, but it, thank you for having me on your podcast. I really appreciate it, Kaz, and uh, thank you. Good times, man. Thanks, everybody, for watching. We'll catch you on the next one.